Da da da. And now we're live. Yes. Hi, everybody. Joe Chaffee and uh, Joe Rayo here on the uh, Joe and Joe Weather Show. Sorry, Joe, I couldn't answer because I was in the middle of uh, getting us all hooked up here. But and, and, and there we are. And there I am again. So we have the re the audio replay. Thank you so much. You got that? I was in the middle of. Oh, good God. <laughs> Can you turn that off already? <laughs> I did. Okay. So we're on a, a seven-second delay, folks. <laughs> yes, we are. So uh, hope everybody had a nice day. Uh, it was uh, another one of those days where we had to deal with the uh, smoky haze in the air, but uh, at least we had a little bit of sun. But uh, I have to tell you, Mr. Rayo, uh, Anthony Orr, a resident hurricane statistician, pointed out uh, to me earlier that um, uh, Sally uh, became uh, the... Uh, an, another storm this year where it strengthened, uh, where the wind actually strengthened by at least 15 miles an hour or more on the maximum wind inside 24 hours before landfall. Uh, last night, uh, right after we went, were done, uh, I noticed the recon, the uh, pressure had dropped uh, about a dozen millibars and uh, all of a sudden an eye developed. So this uh, Sally wound up strengthening to a category two. Uh, right, uh, just just within miles of of hitting land, it was uh, amazing. It is amazing, and we we've been saying this all summer uh, that once it gets within range of uh, the coastal plain, either of uh, Louisiana or Alabama, Mississippi, uh, the waters, the very warm waters of the Gulf, just seem to energize these things at the last minute. And uh, as you you mentioned, it, this is this is yet another example. The thing is, this one was a little different, if only because of the fact that it was basically stalled for the for 48 hours. And uh, usually when it's sitting there for that long, you get a little bit a bit of upwelling. Now, granted, the Gulf of Mexico water is very warm. You're talking about 90 degree uh, ocean, uh, uh, 90 degree water temperatures there. So if you upwell it, what do you drop it down to? 85, 83? Right. It's still right. enough to cause cause it to strengthen. Uh, but apparently the upwelling was not enough and uh, the proximity to land was not enough to keep it from getting uh, a bit stronger. I saw gusts over 100 uh, last night, uh, Pensacola Naval Air Station. Uh, of course, the the uh, the, uh, Bucci, the buoys out there, uh, Pat, the Apache buoy and the uh, Chevron buoy were blowing away for two days. But uh, even some land stations had some uh, rather wicked wind gusts. And then now let's let's look. I want to start with this, Joe, because it doesn't happen too often. But being that it's 2020, how about let's have a Medicaid? And right. uh, I, I've got the satellite view here, and I've circled it. That's actually got a name, Lanos. And, really? Uh, yeah, they uh, the uh, uh, the Met Office from Athens in Greece uh, has uh, given it a name, Medicaid Lanos. And I didn't see. Um, let me see if uh, if it's they said anything about what they're saying with regards to uh, winds with this. Um, hang on one second. Uh, oh, fine. It's written in a language I can't understand. <laughs> I got to translate it's, this. It's all it's all Greek to you, Joe. Yes, it is. Thank you. So <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you would resist this. Okay, so apparently. Um, 
tropical cyclone, and uh, I used to Google the uh, translator on Google, so that always helps. A tropical cyclone in the Mediterranean Sea, Medicaine Lanos. And uh, the story says uh, a Medicaine has been formed, has been formed. I'm reading word for word here. On the day of September 16th, we have a new case of a tropical cyclone in the Mediterranean Sea. The National Observatory of Athens, parentheses, uh -huh. Greece, considers that the low pressure system that has been swarming for days in the Mediterranean has become a tropical cyclone, a Medicaid, M-E-D-I-C-A-N. <clears throat> and they gave it the name Lanos, L-A-N-O-S. Uh, and I'm just, they don't, I, I, there's no, I, I'd have to dig around, but they don't have a formal advisory that I could, that I saw, like, like Miami does which makes it uh, a whole lot easier to figure out. But if you look to the, to the right of, uh, of uh, I'm sorry, to the left of that, there's a, a rather large non-tropical storm. Uh, this is a big cutoff low that's sitting off the coast of Portugal, between Portugal and the Azores. And you can't really see it in the upper left, but Paulette is going to be coming into the scene here and then come to a grinding halt because of that particular storm that's east of Portugal and higher pressures that are building from uh, France, Germany, and England and Ireland back westward. So you learn something new every day here on the Joe and Joe Weather Show. And uh, speaking of Paulette, today was the last uh, day, or at least at 5 o'clock was the last advisory, because they now consider Paulette just a, a big old extra tropical storm. It may have the potency of a, of a strong tropical storm or hurricane, but it no longer has tropical characteristics, so the uh, National Hurricane Center, also known, by the way, Joe, as the Tropical Prediction Center, said, well, it's out of our hands now. It's not tropical anymore. And I guess they hand it off to the uh, folks who do the uh, ocean uh, services uh, forecast for... Right, the uh, non-tropical prediction center. Yes. So here's uh, just real quick. Uh, I brought up the GFS uh, for, so we could take a look at this uh, Medicaid here that that is uh, south of uh, Sicily and southernmost Italy moving northeastward. That's a tight little 989, 990-ish low uh, that winds up heading for Greece and then actually drops southward and, and moves uh, uh, down into Egypt <laughs> and dissipates. Uh, so wow. very interesting to see this because we don't really pay all that much attention uh, to the weather uh, unless we get a storm like this. Uh, but there's your big high that's up to the north and your storm that's off of Portugal, non-tropical, that moves inland. But you don't really see Paulette in here because that's going to be dropping southward and weakening anyhow. But, but very, very interesting indeed uh, with, uh, with, uh, with, with having a, a tropical storm in the Mediterranean. Next, we're going to have a tropical storm up in the Arctic. <laughs> that'll be the next that'll be the next thing. It'll find a way. It probably will in this in this particular year, but um, uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But uh, um, some of the models you, you pointed out the icons uh, solution for uh, Teddy. Yes, and now the European too, by the way. Yeah, the European is starting to do it. Yes, we'll, we're going to cover that. I'm sorry, I just realized I didn't have the map on the screen. So just to show you the GFS uh, with the um, uh, the Medicaid here with Lanos. And then we'll, we'll we'll move on to Sally and Teddy and Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice or anything else that's out there. Yes, uh, and Alpha and Beta too. Alpha, <laughs> Beta, Gamma. Uh, but uh, here is 
let me bring this up to the top so you folks can see. Uh, but uh, there it is. It's that that low, uh, that low that is east uh, that that is to the east of Sicily and uh, south uh, east southeast of southernmost Italy, and then runs into the coast, just getting ready to go into Greece along the coast, and then it drops southward uh, toward Egypt, and then just dissipates. So again, very very um, interesting indeed. So we're going to come back to to all of this. I'm going to bring up set it up and put up the the map of the tropics here so we can come back to this and we'll be looking at um, Teddy and um, everything else. But first things first, Joe, Sally is now finally inland. So the big story ahead is going to be heavy rains uh, through uh, much of the southeast. I don't think that we're going to see the northern fringe of that rain get here. It might get for a brief time. It might touch southern New Jersey, but uh, for the most part, uh, we're going to be eastern Pennsylvania to southern New England. The cold front that's coming through is going to suppress everything, and maybe we get a shower from that tomorrow night, and that's the only rain we're going to see for a while. Yep, yep. And um, for us, you know, uh, how much rain could we possibly get from that cold frontal passage? I, I'm, I'm thinking less than two-tenths of an inch. Oh, it might um, even be less than a tenth. It might not, most, it may, most <clears throat> places may wind up not seeing anything. Well, you know, sometimes you look at tropical moisture, it's just literally off to our south, and sometimes you think, well, maybe a little bit of that will eke in or squeak in here right. and, you know, make it a little bit heavier or surprise us with a little bit more of a, of, of a rainfall total. But I, you're right. It doesn't look like we're going to see very much uh, out of whatever we get from that front late tomorrow night, early Friday. And then dry weather looks like right on through. Well, right on through into the uh, middle of next week. Well, as long as nothing complicates it next week with whatever the other models are doing with one thing or another, which we'll get to. I, I, I have the digital forecast, Joe. They actually give Montauk the third of an inch of rain, and they've got uh, a .02 for New York City and a .01 for you. And then you head down to coastal New Jersey, three-tenths um, in um, just north of Atlantic City. And uh, two or three tenths down when you get into northern parts of uh, central Delaware. But then you start to go with the southern Delaware and points further south. And that's when you start to get into the one and two inch rainfalls and uh, the uh, four, five and six inch rainfalls and even some seven and eight inch rainfalls from um, southeast Georgia, northeastward into western South Carolina, uh, western mm -hmm. North Carolina. And then it starts to tail off a bit as you head northeast there into southern Virginia. The... Um, Flash flood watches that are up now, by the way, uh, from Alabama right up into uh, southern Virginia for these rains that are going to be moving up during the next 36 to 48 hours. But we're in the clear, and I think they got their frosted. I think that's a frost advisory up for northern Maine. That is a oh, it's a freeze watch that's up in. Uh, in the northern half of Maine, Joe, uh, signs of things to come. And hey, Joe, freeze watch, right? Yes. And then maybe less than a week later, hurricane or tropical. Yeah. <laughs> I know it has to stop. It just has to stop. Yes. It's these. It's it's these ridiculous extremes. I I you know. Now that you bring that up, I I haven't even looked at Denver lately to see if they've gotten back above ninety. <laughs> Uh, they do have fog issues in eastern Colorado. I just want to see what's going on, just for laughs. Since they went from 100 to 25, um, 
where have they gotten back to? The th uh, 73. So not, not too shabby. And, of course, they've got the haze uh, that, um, uh, that they've been dealing with for, for, for quite a while. Uh, but uh, the uh, satellite, Joe, once again, the, the smoke is everywhere. It's just about everywhere from coast to coast. It's that milky white. Oh, he's sharing a screen here. Hold on, hold on. Rayo's got testing. a screen. Hold on. I was, I was testing this, Joe. It works. It, it does work. It works. You got the screen is, is available for everyone to see. It is so exciting. Let me bring this up to the front. And you can go ahead and explain what you were, uh, what you oh, got. This is, this is this is the European, and um, most people who look at the European do not get a chance to see the uh, precipitation map associated with the European. But I have access to, and I figured, well, why not? Especially since, again, we're alluding to something most unusual uh, concerning Teddy for next week. So uh, I'm moving things forward here. This is the. Uh, 48-hour progress. All right, hang on one second, because for some reason, <clears throat> um, you're sharing a shot, and I'm. It's like a still frame, so you just moved it. Yeah, well, I'm. I'm it's not a loop. No, no, no. I'm, I understand that, but I, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm not um, on the screen here. The folks are only seeing that first shot that you put up, and it's not moving. So I'm not sure uh, why that is. Hmm. Um, I've, let me check here. I have you say that you can share. Let's see. Multiple participants can share simultaneously. Isn't it great, folks? How technically, uh, how technically diverse Joe and I are. It's just so exciting. Yeah. Um, let, let me try something else. Hold on. I'm going to try something else here. Do, 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 no, that didn't work. And that didn't work. Hmm. And okay. And let's see. Nope. I can't seem to do it, Joey. We got to figure this out at another time. All um, right. So uh, sorry about stop. that. But uh, stop sharing. Stop so you stop sharing. Okay. Yeah. Very good. I'm stopping the share. All right. And then I have to find us, but I'll, I'll do that later. Um, okay. <laughs> So, we'll, <laughs> so there's uh, there's the satellite. As I said, just smoke everywhere from coast to coast. It's all we got is that that uh, that uh, milky haze that's up there in the sky, and no sign of it going away anytime soon. Well, I, I well, I, unless I, that big high could do something. I what I think is going to happen, in spite of the fact that on Friday, at that big high moving in, and we're probably going to see, I think, Friday afternoon, Joe, some rather strong and gusty. Uh, northerly or maybe north-northeasterly winds, we may even see wind gusts upwards to 20 and 30 miles an hour. Combine that with temperatures in the 60s, it's going to feel on Friday afternoon like it's only in the 50s, I think, with that, with that wind. Now, those are the surface winds, but in order to control the smoke situation, we have to look aloft, you know, up five miles, 10, 15 miles above us. I think the upper level winds are going to gradually progressively turn more out of a north or northwest direction over the weekend, especially so late on Saturday night and Sunday, so that by Sunday, while I don't think we may be completely done with the smoke, it will have thinned out considerably so that we'll have more of a blue sky. And I don't know how long it's going to last because I think the winds are going to, the upper level winds are going to start turning back into the west and 
transporting more of that schmutz our way for early next week. But I do think that we are going to see some semblance of an improvement in the sky conditions uh, during the upcoming weekend. Well, we can only hope because I'm really, it's kind of annoying to have all this, uh, this mess going on the way things are. Uh, I, I really it was out this morning up by the beach and, and uh, it was, um, you know, the, the, just the, the, the way the, the, the milkiness in the sky was so evident, although there, it, it wasn't, it wasn't completely hazy. There was enough there. The sun was trying. But as we went through the afternoon, and now, of course, with the low sun angle, uh, it, it, the amount of the sunlight that's actually making it down to the, the, the ground is, is, uh, is, is um, it almost feels like it's December in terms of uh, how it looks outside. Right. The sun now is, um, well, it'll be at the equinox this coming uh, Tuesday. And so it's about... Uh, in, in terms of a in terms of degrees, it's about only fifty degrees high in the sky. Your your clenched fist, held at arm's length, is equivalent to roughly ten degrees. So the sun at let's say one o'clock in the afternoon is roughly about five fists up from the horizon. And if you remember back to the solstice on June twenty first, then the sun was more than seventy degrees high, or more than seven fists up. So we've lost two fists, Joe, over the last. Uh, 90 days in terms of the altitude of the sun, and it continues to lower uh, as we progress uh, toward the... Uh, that's a lot. The that, that's a lot. Yeah, when at the winter solstice, the, uh, the sun is only about 27 degrees high in the southern sky, so it's less than three-fifths up from the horizon at noontime on December 21st and 22nd, and again, on the 21st of June, seven-fifths up, and now we're like at the midpoint here between the high and the low at about five fists or 50 degrees up. All right. I, I got, uh, let's move on with Sally. We've got the radar. I've got the, the uh, Southeast radar view here and it's all inland. So the good news here at least <coughs> is that, yeah, there are some bands of rain going on across the Florida panhandle, but that steady unrelenting rain of the last two days from coastal Alabama and even at the Southeastern Mississippi into the Western part of the Florida panhandle that has, uh, has eased now. And uh, many of you have probably seen some of the flooding pictures because of all the rain and, of course, add the storm surge to it, and uh, it was not pretty. And now that heavy rain starting to inch northward, it's, uh, it, it, you can still see there's a well-defined circulation there on the radar. Uh, heavy rains moving up uh, through Georgia uh, and uh, into uh, much of eastern Alabama, and now we're starting to see also some rains banding up uh, into South Carolina. At some point, Joe, this is going to probably lose its identity as a tropical system. Uh, it'll We've got a frontal wave that's going to develop, and, and that'll probably absorb all of this. But we'll still be able to follow that tropical moisture along as it moves to the northeast. Sorry, Joe, I was just taking a, taking a sip of water. Taking some vodka. Uh, Good for you. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and it will. It, it's going to be probably by tonight. Before this night is over, that uh, tropical storm is going to be just a tropical depression. And then by the time we get to later tomorrow or Friday, probably nothing more than just a remnant low as it moves across the uh, southeastern states. But still up to 10 inches of rain possible for portions of Alabama, for Georgia, and even on into parts of the Carolinas yes. uh, between now and uh, later in the day on Friday. Uh, WPC with their rainfall map actually has the northern edge of a half an inch of rain just touching, touching the South Jersey coast and just off the coast of Long Island, believe it or not. 
but uh, by you, it's uh, a one one hundredth to up up to a tenth. That's how tight the gradient is. And then, of course, just north and west of there, this huge area from New York State west and southwest uh, into the uh, lower and middle Mississippi Valley, Joe, and even back into the southern plains. Not a drop of rain forecast over the next seven days. A little bit of rain coming into the Pacific Northwest, down into Oregon and Northern California over the next seven days. So that would be some welcome news. They could certainly use a lot more. But uh, some places showing up with uh, maybe an inch or more of rain. So let's keep our fingers crossed, and, and that might help out with some of the fire, uh, the, the, the fire, or the wildfire issues. Uh, meanwhile, I want to point out that in the western Gulf of Mexico and touching the coast of Texas, and back into southeastern, uh, 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 over towards southernmost Louisiana, uh, there's a lot of heavy rain being generated here by WPC over the next seven days, and it does look like something is going to try to develop there in the southwest Gulf uh, over the next three or four days. The Hurricane Center is already raised the probability, I believe, up to 70% now of a tropical cyclone developing there. So uh, between that and another wave that's off the African coast, uh, one or uh, either one or both of those could wind up being named Storms Joe. We'll have, uh, we'll have Wilfred Dunn, and then we'll move on to uh, Alpha, uh, the earliest, uh, only the second time uh, in, uh, in uh, our existence that uh, we've even gone through the whole alphabet and uh, the earliest that we would have ever started, even earlier than 2005, to start with the uh, the Greek alphabet. Pretty amazing. Pretty, and uh, again, I, I, you know, call me old-fashioned or whatever, but I'm still holding to the fact that some of these storms that we've seen so far this uh, summer uh, really, you know, because of the technology, I suppose, they're able to analyze these things quicker and uh, take note faster. But I mean, like back in the day, a storm like Kyle, for example, which suddenly appeared literally out of nowhere, the day after they gave only a 20% probability, all right. of a sudden, boom. It was a but it was storm. a tropical storm. I mean, it met, it met the tropical criteria. Uh, right. I, I, uh, I, I think Kyle would have probably been one of those systems that they would have gone back two or three years later and said, uh, you remember that storm back on uh, September, you know, in uh, uh, late August, off the three years ago? Well, we're going to make it a uh, we're going to make it a tropical storm now. Now, if, if you go through the archives, you, if you go through the archives at the Hurricane Center, which are available through the website, you'll see that there are a number of unnamed storms, and they'll right. when they write about it, they'll say that in post analysis we decided that this was. Uh, actually a tropical storm. Uh, the uh, wide satellite Atlantic view still remains very busy. Paulette is off the, off the scene here, so you really can't see it. Uh, but you certainly can see Teddy. You can certainly see Sally. It's not far enough west to see the system in the Gulf of Mexico. I'll pull up a separate loop from that in, in a bit. Uh, there's a strong tropical wave off the African coast. It looks like there's another big wave coming off right behind it. Uh, this area, Joe, usually we're almost to, the, we were at the 16th, those were yesterday's circles on that map, um, but uh, usually when we get toward the last week of, of September, uh, this area of the tro the, uh, the Cabo Verde uh, tropical waves, usually that area starts to shut down, uh, and uh, the waves, you lose the push that those waves would have to that would need to move across. So far, no signs of that happening because we're still dealing with got that one that's out there already and one right right behind it. So they still seem to be moving along. But sometime very soon in the next couple of weeks, we're going to start to see this area 
a wane as far as uh, tropical waves developing out there, and then we'll be sh shifting our emphasis uh, out to the west. Have you gotten that mail yet? <laughs> they just keep coming in, don't they? Yes, apparently they do. Um, but yeah, here's. I thought, uh, it would, I thought it was less. I thought it was less obtrusive as opposed to hearing a voice saying, "You got mail. You right. got mail." <laughs> all right. Oh, well, whatever. Okay. So there's uh, Teddy. Vicky is right up here, uh, which is finally starting to weaken. So uh, we'll just um, let me see if I can get that Gulf Coast satellite up so we can take a look at that now. And then we'll get to the models and see what what is what, what's next on the on the hit parade. Um, so let's go to the get the Gulf of Mexico loop from uh, the Hurricane Center. And by the way, you can see here this is what they're saying about the one in the Gulf. Upper level conditions are forecast to become con more conducive for development, and a tropical depression likely to form late this week or over the weekend. Uh, probability of 50% over the next 48 hours and 70% in the next five days. And then the one off the African coast, they actually reduced this. Uh, this is the new 8 p.m. outlook. They sent it out early, Joe. They reduced this. Um, they had 50 and 70. Now they have 40 and 60. But it's still out there. So um, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. And they mentioned that big storm that's uh, east between the Azores and Portugal. Uh, with a 10% chance of that acquiring some tropical characteristics. Okay, let me get that Gulf um, that Gulf shot up, and we'll open it up here. And if you look down in the Southwest Gulf, you can see Sally on the upper right. Uh, you see the disturbed weather <clears throat> that's down on the uh, lower left, and it's in there that we're going to probably see. Uh, there's lower than normal pressures down there. And uh, the models all seem to be reacting and trying to form something uh, in the southwest Gulf of Mexico. So uh, it'll be interesting, interesting to see if that if that does verify one of the, the way well, the way the upper flow is, Joe. I think that might wind up moving northeastward. I, uh, there's a fair chance, indeed. And uh, Joe, the uh, the the upper level uh, winds, as I mentioned or alluded to earlier, um, they'll turn into a more north or northwest direction as we move into the upcoming weekend, but then everything kind of flattens out again uh, early next week. And so we're, that may transport more smoke our way uh, during the uh, during next week. And also, as you just alluded to, down over the southeastern states, the winds may actually, again, turn uh, in such a manner to bring any kind of disturbance in the Gulf of Mexico on a northeast trajectory, just what they need over the southeast after what they've just gone through over the last 24 hours. Yeah, I just uh, <clears throat> just brought up the surface map for for down there, and the uh, the Chevron oil rig now uh, is actually has winds under gale force for the first time in uh, in almost three days. In the meantime, uh, you're seeing uh, the land winds now really are all, you know, they're pretty tame. You see some gusts up into the 30s, so it's really all about the rain uh, at this point uh, going forward. And uh, there's just WPC's uh, rainfall forecast. Uh, the orange, the brownish area is 6 to 10 inches in parts of interior South Carolina and a fairly large area of 4 to 6. But the 1 to 2, only to about southern Delaware uh, and, and then out uh, east-northeast from there. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll deal with that. In the meantime, I just want to uh, bring up, let's go to Teddy. And uh, Teddy, Teddy looks like it's going to be another uh, 
going to go around with uh, Bermuda. And this is only a week after Bermuda went through Paulette. But as you said, the, the folks on Bermuda uh, are tough and they know how to handle uh, storms like this. Although two, two in, a, in only a week, that's, that may be a little excessive even for them. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> Teddy is at 17 and a half and 50.8 west, uh, carrying winds of 100 miles an hour. Had didn't strengthen very much this afternoon, uh, but uh, forecast to become a major hurricane uh, by um, sometime tomorrow and then continuing northwestward. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Joe, it may make a, a, a run for Bermuda. Uh, I want to uh, take a look at the uh, late GFS. Now, there's, there's been, we've alluded to the, the fact that we've seen models do a few odd things with this. So let, let's, let's see what's happening. And of course, I, I, I've been emphasizing the fact that with so many things spinning in the tropics uh, and even in the non-tropics and the subtropics, this is all, all these systems are all having impact on each other. So I, I think we're still seeing, going to see some, some um, odd things on the models. Doesn't mean that the odd things are right, by the way. Maybe the European is what it's doing is an odd thing. But uh, look at this big high. This is a very big high that's going to be over the Northeast uh, during the uh, weekend, uh, this is the this is Sunday evening, and here's Teddy. So you got a fairly strong onshore flow that's going to be setting up from southern New England on southward. So that's going to be in another round of rough surf uh, for the um, mid-Atlantic states uh, up to about southern New England. That high, Joe, I think it kind of you know there's a frontal boundary that's going to be sitting across mm -hmm. the uh, the uh, Atlantic along 35 degrees. North, and that really protects us from from Teddy. The GFS is the most suppressed of the bunch. The GFS turns it and moves it south of well south of Nova Scotia, and well south of Newfoundland. And I think we need at this point to look at the upper air uh, to understand why. And it uh, it there's a kind of a I guess you I want to call it sort of a renegade trough. This is the uh, uh, the short the the uh, short wave trough that upper low that's up in Labrador this swings in all that cool air. The, the bottom part of that trough is going to get left behind, and you see it right here on the GFS. Right. Um, I'll um, let me erase that. So right in here, there's this trough, and and Teddy gets caught in that trough and then just kind of turns fairly sharply to the to the uh, northeast or east-northeast and, and passes south of Nova Scotia and Newfoundland. However, uh, and of course, again, uh, this there's a, there's a lot here with uh, everything spinning. You have to be careful uh, with regards to re looking at one run possibility. The European has been insisting, and it's done this for a few runs in a row, where it does the same thing, Joe, with this the southern part of this trough, but it does it much sooner and much further to the west. So you know your flow is southwest from North Carolina, northeastward, but uh, it's dropping that trough and, and actually forming an upper low off the Virginia coast. And Teddy gets caught in this and and rotate and moves around the eastern edge of that upper low. Now how how it's I don't know about this. I mean, this is really a very vigorous upper low. And then you have to ask yourself, well, what if this is further west? What if this is inland somewhere in in Virginia? Please. Then what? Please. Okay. But don't, don't no, no, no. I, I understand that. But I, 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 
I guess I'm looking at this and thinking it seems so out of the ordinary. I can kind of understand what the GFS did, the way it handles the trough. The European is doing something here a little bit a little bit hard to swallow, let's put it that way. And if you right. follow Teddy, look, it gets caught from the upper low. And from, from when it goes over Bermuda, instead of going out to the northeast, it really can't because the the uh, you, the upper low has, has basically grabbed it and it shoots it up to the northwest and takes it up to coastal Maine. And uh, even on the ensemble, the European ensemble does the exact same thing. It's not just the operational model that everybody normally looks at. Yes. But the but the but the the combined total of fifty-one different European uh, members coming up with this solution, I could tell you from what I'm looking at right here on my uh, ensemble map from for hundred and this is 168 hours. This goes out to uh, uh, 12Z Wednesday of next week, and they have the center of Teddy in the Gulf of Maine. <laughs> Isn't that I crazy? Mean, that that's that's wild. Well, the operational it's a 958 pressure, so that would be a strong Category Three uh, if that if that were to verify, and it goes in. Um, uh, what is that? Southeast Maine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it goes in in Southeast Maine uh, if that's actually, the case. Actually, now I don't know the body of water. Uh, on the ensemble, there's a body of water that uh, goes that that's between Eastport, Maine, and Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. a little narrow thing that takes that 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 would take it right up between the two into New Brunswick. Right. Let's say during during late Wednesday or Wednesday night of next week, if this this were to hold. So well, then, if this if this also if this were to verify, this is this would be a problem for. <laughs> for uh, Nova Scotia to an extent, especially the western part of Nova Scotia, well, no, yeah, uh, be no closer, question. be closer to the center. I mean, we're not proclaiming by any means that this is already written in stone and is going to happen. Uh, it, it, the European model uh, puts its cards on the table with how it handles that upper trough. It may be wrong. It's done that a number of times uh, over the last number of months, where it's shown. Um, it's it's shown things that have uh, not come to fruition, so you want to view it with a little bit of skepticism. The other thing is the low of the Southwest Gulf develops on the European, and guess what? Uh, let's uh, let's take it where they're all going this year. If there is, and that's Louisiana. So, I mean that that would be that would be crazy if we wind up having another hurricane uh, heading into uh, Louisiana. Uh, but uh, again, well, the European lends an argument to this. And you can you can make a case on the other models, even though it's not quite as developed as the European has it. But the flow in the Gulf of Mexico with what's going on in the upper atmosphere, if we just put the upper air on this, on on, on this on the European, uh, and uh, we'll back it up. Of course, there's your there's your upper low, there's your trough, and you see where Teddy is. Uh, again, that drops in and cuts off like an animal just off the uh, just east of uh, Norfolk, Virginia, and then lifts Teddy up northwestward and wraps around it. Meanwhile, you got this thing in the southwest Gulf, and there's another upper low that forms in North Texas. And this is why you, if this if this winds up developing, anything that develops down here is going to try to go uh, in. In nope, that's not working. Let's see if I get the arrow to work. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking also now at the at the uh, ensemble for the GFS, and the GFS ensemble has this thing taking a, a swipe, side swiping Newfoundland. That's that's like 
10 degrees further east than what the uh, European is uh, indicating or suggesting. So both models in a, in a rough sort of way are trying to say the same thing, that, that Teddy is gonna curve and may have a say in the weather, perhaps in New England, perhaps in the Maritimes of Canada, they just haven't been able to nail it down yet, and uh, more to come. Yeah, I just, you know, Joe, I just, you just did, I just thought, uh, thought of uh, pulling up the parallel GFS. And actually, if you look at the parallel GFS, it does the same thing the European does. The only difference is, and it's a big difference, is that the upper low is about 600 miles further to the east. But it does the same thing where it drops the trough, makes a cutoff low, and then lifts Teddy up northward up toward Newfoundland. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll get the wider view so you can see it a bit better. Uh, but yeah, again, uh, the the, uh, the the GFS is insisting that that this next trough, which both models have, uh, drops southeastward about 500 or 600 miles further east than the European, and that makes oh. the big difference. And I might point out the Canadian looks like it's somewhere in between the GFS and of course and it would be the 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 ensemble model. Uh, Again, the the uh, Canadian ensemble looks like it's somewhere between the uh, European solution of bringing it into, let's say, New Brunswick, and the GFS solution bringing it into or near to uh, Newfoundland. Somewhere between those two, that's that's where the uh, Canadian model wants to wants to move Teddy. So all right. So assuming, by the way, whatever happens with those tropical systems, uh, of course. You know, if Teddy winds up being closer to the, to uh, the mainland somewhere, uh, it, it might impact uh, some of the weather downstream. But we still have another, you know, more short waves dropping into the eastern part of the United States and off the New England coast. So that's going to at least continue this um, pattern that we've had where we're getting these cool highs coming down from Canada. And then, uh, Joe, toward the end of the month, you start to get toward the end of the month. We'll see if this still is on the map tomorrow. But my God, you've got a really pretty cold look uh, to things uh, at the end of September, beginning of October, uh, with a ridge and even some blocking developing up in Greenland and an upper, a deep upper low in Hudson Bay and and uh, some incredibly, you know, a very strong cold flow out of Canada. Of course, this is 16 days from now. But the long-range models have the long, long-range folks have been pointing out that uh, on their forecast, did they not have us in below average temperatures for the end of September, beginning of October? The Climate Prediction mm -hmm. Center. So mm -hmm. if you look at this upper air, it kind of matches that. This is a cold look for the end of September, beginning of October. My lord, if you that know, the, if uh, that winds up being correct. You you look at the temperatures at Central Park over the last. Uh, 10 years, starting from right now, and what were the warmest temperatures after, let's say, the, the 16th of September? And, I mean, check check some of this stuff out. It's crazy. Last year, 93 on October the 2nd. 2017, 91 on September 24th. Uh, September 17, 2015, 89 degrees. Mm -hmm. uh, 87 degrees in 2010 on September the 25th. I mean, Joe, we have, we have seen over the last decade in the latter part of September and the early part of October, some pretty warm temperatures. What yeah. we're going to see, what we're going to see in the coming days ahead, is quite the opposite to what we have been experiencing over the last decade. It's it's actually autumn arriving on time. 
Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I mentioned that. I said that this morning on my Weather in 5 video. It, it, it's uh, We're going to experience something we haven't seen in years, and that's autumn arriving on time. Right. So yeah. now, any any uh, how, how any bets how long before people start complaining about it? Well, people always <laughs> complain. People of course. Yeah. Of I, course. I, I, I saw that. I saw some of those long range maps, you know, days ago, and that's why I, you know, had a little discussion with with my wife, and we said, you know, if that be the case, let's close the pool now, because in other years we have not closed the pool. Well, my goodness, over the last 10 years when it's so warm. Yeah, we can leave it September, open. We've kept it open. But sure. this year, I, I have a feeling that it's it's good that we've closed it because I don't think we would be going in. No, especially with the cool nights coming up now, oh, yeah. uh, unless you got a heater. Uh, the hurricane model tracking guidance, by the way, for Teddy, uh, all of the models seem to take it on a west-northwest course uh, and – Keep it going west-northwest after it's passed Bermuda. There's a few of them that turn it to the northeast, but there are some that don't. So um, maybe they're seeing something down the road. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to we'll just we'll have to wait another couple of days to see how that plays out. And, uh, again, here's the, the Hurricane Center's forecast, the official forecast. And this is the Gulf of Mexico hurricane model tracking guidance for 90L, disturbance 90L. And... Uh, there's a lot of variability here, but you do have uh, several of the of the models taking this uh, in time northeastward uh, up from the southwest Gulf up into the uh, central Gulf Coast again. Now we'll have to before we get nerved, we we, we get uh, worried about this sort of stuff. Always remember that they got to develop first, and there's nothing that says that um, this is going to develop. This was the earlier the as I said they sent this out uh, they sent this out early. And uh, they lowered the uh, system wave off the African coast probability from uh, 50 and 70 to 40 and 60. And they raised the one in the Gulf of Mexico now to 50 and, and 70. So I'm coming back full screen. <clears throat> uh, and uh, It's gonna... too bad that the icon only goes out, uh, at least on tropical tidbits, to 144 hours. Uh, yeah, it's, it goes out to 180, 180. hours on uh, on the on the zero and twelve, and right. 120 on the on the six and eighteen. Yeah. If you, believe the, if you believe the icon, then at 100 and uh, what is it here? 165 hours. That's Wednesday morning, nine uh, Z. They've got it making a landfall somewhere around Nova Scotia. So it too has this idea that uh, it's it's going to. Try to you know curve more to the north and maybe even northwest. For it's it, you know what yeah it's and it's going to be all about it's it's that it's the short bottom part of that trough the short the uh, trough that separates does it do it when it's over the Great Lakes so that it cuts off off the New Jersey coast like the European has it or does it wait until it gets offshore and then pulls uh, drops down and cuts off out in the ocean and it does it like the GFS has where it takes it way out atomic fox three hit super chat tonight joe and we uh give him a, a big joe rayo joe chaffee thank you uh for that uh scott briller is still by the way the chairman is still not feeling well uh and uh we do wish him uh the best he's going to the doctor tomorrow uh, so uh we'll, we'll see what what the what, what uh, the doctor says and hopefully it's just just a bug that he picked up He's got stomach issues. The um, Jersey bug. Yeah, so hopefully it's a, it's a stomach flu and it's not COVID, so we'll keep our fingers crossed on that. Uh, Dan, uh, um, Johnny Quest says, if a new storm forms in the Gulf, would it stay weak because of the upwelling of cold water? 
Well, uh, it, it's in the southwest Gulf, so all the upwelling is in the northeast Gulf between Louisiana and the Florida Panhandle. So it would depend if it tracks toward if it tracks toward say uh, western Louisiana or southeast Texas. Just in theory, and that's just assuming it, it develops into something. Uh, that water's very warm. That water was upwelled. Laura was back weeks ago, so the that the, the upwelling lasts about a handful of days, and then Within a week, it's back to where it was before it all started. So uh, I would think the only the, the issue for upwelling might be there if it goes up into the northeastern Gulf, but it, even there, it, it it settles down pretty quickly. So and that's Rosendo, that's my answer on that. Rosendo Benitez uh, on the chat board and uh, welcome Rosendo. But the European on, um, uh, assemble, I, mean, I guess he's referring to the, the ensemble, ensemble, is showing Hurricane Teddy impacting northeast states next week. What's the deal with that? And we just talked about that five or 10 minutes ago, Rosendo. It, it really does not impact New England. It, it may impact um, Eastern Maine or maybe Nova Scotia or maybe New Brunswick. And uh, what's the deal with that? Again, it all is leading back to uh, the possibility of some kind of a closed upper low developing uh, during next week that would kind of cause Teddy to kind of curve around it. And we'll see what happens. I mean, we're talking about something that's like, more than a week away. So a lot can happen in that time frame. James Harris worried about his New Hampshire road trip to Mount Washington. Don't worry about it. Just plan ahead. And then uh, if something does wind up materializing uh, in the long shot chance that it does, because I, you know, I look at this stuff right now, how many times do you get hurricanes going into Maine? Not very often. But so, it's 2020. But it's 2020. So we yeah. have to, uh, we have to bear that in mind. I'm telling you, Joe, I'm still waiting for the, the earthquake that's going to cause a new volcano to emerge and just start keep, spewing lava that. everywhere. You, you keep saying that, and it's going to happen. And probably it'll happen on November 3rd. No, I I, <laughs> I understand. So, look, let's cut it short tonight because I was exhausted last night. I'm actually kind of tired today. So uh, let's call an end to tonight's uh, Joe and Joe weather show. Thanks, everybody, for being here. As always, Joe and I really appreciate it. Atomic Fox 3, thank you for hitting Super Chat tonight. Uh, the chairman, get better. Hopefully the doctor has some uh, a good prognosis for you tomorrow. Otherwise, uh, you know, stay in bed, drink some soup, and watch some nasty television. <laughs> all right? So um, We'll see you tomorrow, Joe. We'll see you tomorrow, all right? Everybody, we'll see you tomorrow. Take care.